Hey, now it's time for podcasting as I'm yawning. It's time for the Art and Science Punks, the podcast where we talk about art, science, and technology. As punks, we love to create, to explore, to fail, to learn, and to listen to loud music. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I... I agree with you. This is wonderful. It's wonderful being a punk. And we are punks and you are punks because you downloaded this. We, are, we include all of you in this description. I'm one of your punks, Kate Stensinger. And with me tonight and every night is my amazing punk partner, sometimes more punkish than others. Well, punk is never like a stable, simple thing. No, it's constant flux. Yeah. And uh, I am Rob Stensinger. Welcome, Robbie. Thanks, Kate. Tonight, we're going to talk about family computing literacy or family computer literacy. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what does that mean? What does uh, that mean to you, I should say? Not, I'm not asking for a Webster definition. I want to know what family computer literacy means to you. Sure. You, instead of Webster, you want Robster. I want Robster. Nice. And not Napster. <laughs> I never took advantage of Napster when it was, when it was the thing. But um, okay. Uh, family computing, computer liter- literacy, to me, is uh, having, mm, let's see, I suppose it doesn't mean you have to have computers available in your home, but I think it means probably you do. Mm-hmm. But more importantly than the availability of computers is the comfort and awareness of them and things that they can do for you and being able to follow through on that. So if you're, if you think engage with, yeah, it's, it's, it is a tool that has a variety of uses and can be, can be used to create stuff and also make stuff that is, um, well, physical or digital, right? So you can, mm-hmm. you can use the computer to give you output to then use in other projects or the computer could be the destination for your projects where, Maybe you're programming, maybe you're making digital art or audio or something like that where the destination is digital, but then it doesn't have to be. And it also has other jobs. And so if you're aware of the jobs and you can act upon them, things like uh, communication, helping you with calendar and um, composing ideas and documents and that kind of thing, all the way up to the 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 deeper more complicated tasks like uh like coding but honestly that's it so it's a wide spectrum it's a it's a variety of things to to become aware of and comfortable with and to then be to be able to engage with you have a little broader um definition than i had when i was thinking about it but i like it what's your definition coding no, oh. <laughs> no. Um, you know, I think some of what you're saying, some of what you're saying, obviously, and absolutely rings true. But I do, um, when I think of computing literacy, I, I actually do think of coding as a very big piece of that or a big chunk of that. And that doesn't mean, um, you know, everyone in our family, you know, the second they, you know, learn to recognize letters should start to code. Um, cause I, I don't, I'm not a deep knowledge coder. I understand, mm-hmm. but the literacy piece of it to me is understanding what, how coding works, what coding can do for you. Um, and even just very simple, um, how to give instructions to a computer. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think of, um, you know, some of the, 
software games that kind of teach some of that computer um, coding. What is it? It's not. Maybe it is a little bit of terminology, mm-hmm. um, but it's. Well, the concepts behind it, like logic. Yeah, right? yeah the logic and, behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think of some of those, you know, of those games, and to me, that fits into this kind of family computing literacy, understanding, um, you know, how to use a computer, how to respect the the tools um, that you use with the computer. So, hmm. so, but I guess that kind of fits yeah. into what you were saying it totally too. Fits. Yeah, yeah. I didn't mean to go too broad, but like it's, it really. Uh, I mean, a computer can be a thing sitting on a shelf that just doesn't get brought in to help because sometimes people don't feel comfortable with them. Sure. And as, and obviously computing doesn't mean just one shape anymore, right? There was, there's a computer that sits on a desk and isn't that portable. There's computers that we carry around as sort of briefcasey things, laptops in your backpack, what have you. Yeah. And of course, um, other shapes and sizes like, um, phones, tablets, yep. Phones and tablets. Yeah. Um, and even Raspberry Pis. Oh, absolutely. Hook it up to your TV. Which is a bit of a callback to some of the computing I grew up with, like the Texas Instruments TI-994A, which was a... Oh, geek out. <laughs> yeah, which what's funny is... Uh, Did I, you say 994A? Yeah. Do you know what those numbers mean? Do I know what they mean yeah. other than the model number for the Texas yeah, Instruments? Yeah, I'm sure it has some meaning. Uh, no, I don't know. I'm not aware of double meanings with it, but now I'm curious. I've never delved into that where that, that's one of this, this, um, this era, a computer from the era of you bring an expensive device in a box and you set it up on your, your television, your television is your monitor. Um, that was a Oh, really? The, use of the TI-994A. Oh, know? I didn't realize that had a television monitor like with the it. Commodore 64, the VIC-20, the, um, Gosh, what other computers of that era? The Amiga. Um, and yeah, anyway, these these things were, uh, you know, very useful, solved different kinds of problems, boxes, but um, but you brought it and you hooked it up to your TV, kind of like the Raspberry Pi is, is, and it's a bit of a callback to that. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Sure. Um, it's, a lot, it's a lot smaller. <laughs> <laughs> It's a lot lighter. Yep. And um, faster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Computers have come a long, a long way since your, your original computer that you had um, as a kid growing up. Um, but, you know, I think we were both fortunate to kind of have early experiences and in, in introductions to computers. And we've tried to continue that in our family um, with, you know, early computer literacy. I think mostly in the forms of, you know, more of the tablet form factor. Totally. Um, yeah, that's early that's on. been most um, that solves a variety of needs that we've we found very useful to make sure that our our young ones have a tablet. Yeah, and I think it's interesting to watch um, to watch young kids. I mean, they pick things up incredibly quickly, right? And they, you know, everybody sees it when you're out and about. You can see little kids on phones, and you know, just watching videos or you know, doing whatever on their on their parents' phone mm-hmm. um, or you know, iPad or tablet or whatever. Um, but I think what's interesting is then when you set one of those kids down at a laptop with a mouse mm. and they're so used to touch screen, it's alien. 
It's it is very, very different. Yeah. And whether it's a mouse or like a trackpad. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know one thing that has happened recently with our, our three and a half year old, you know, she's always had touch screens and, and she's done the Raspberry Pi plenty and she loves to type and to see letters appear on screen. Do you remember her first exposure to using mouse? No. Mario Paint. Oh, Mario Paint. Yeah. yeah. I set up Mario Paint about a year and a half ago. Somewhere in there. Yeah, so she was little. Yeah, she was pretty little. And, and um, it, uh, I had, there was just enough space on the stand that the television was on where, she, you know, there was space to move a mouse. And, uh, but that was, that was like her first practice. Was she able to do that? Uh, was she able, yeah. I mean, she had some success. Okay. It, um, we played a combination of um, the music making feature and oh, also the actual painting painting one. Oh, I think yeah she did the painting and the paint better. was a mixed bag because this is a mouse that is not as capable as modern mice are it, it is literally it has a, it's the kind that has a ball a rubber ball under inside of it that as you move the mouse the ball bumps physically up against rollers inside that it twi- it, it pushes along and so there's a lot that could go wrong with that because yeah. it's, it's a blunt instrument compared to our LED and laser mice. Yeah. But she, she made it work a little they bit. They would get dirt and dust in them and you'd have uh, to hair, clean out the, totally. the little fuzzball that would grow inside the roller mouse. Yeah. I don't miss that. Yeah. But, um, but yet here we are. The, a mouse as a device for input still is a, a relevant yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, but I th- our little one is, is now at, at, at her, um, at her preschool where she goes, she goes to a little computer class and that's one mm-hmm. of the things they're working on is understanding the, the mouse and the drag and drop and the drag and click and the click and drag. Um, they've spent a couple weeks working on click and drag, which I think is pretty funny. That's great because yeah. it's not an intuitive thing. No. Um, I mean the idea is somehow you're, you're representing moving stuff around on a desk, right? Theoretically, but it's still, it's kind of weird. So it's great that she's practicing that. And also things like not to put probably food inside the CD drive. They did. They did. Um, yeah. I mean, you and I were, were laughing earlier today because we were reading that they were, this week's lesson was about how to treat a, a CD or a DVD. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> which how, how to be careful with them, which is a lesson she needs. So she kinda, that was yeah, good. I mean, it's kind of like, well, I needed to be somewhat aware of A-track tapes growing up, but I doubt for, I don't know for, for how long she's going to have to need to, to worry about physical media, but, but at least a little bit and it's good practice because it's not like she's, you know, she'll, we'll be, she is in a house that's going to have some old computers. (laughs) That's right. That's right. So, all right. So how do you look at your computer literacy? Right. Cause um, you're, you're part of the family. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I have a different way of looking at that. Like, um, I, I have had a series of Do goals. Do you know how to drag and drop? And curiosities about computers and have felt greatly empowered to solve different problems with computers and have had a huge emphasis on just continuing to study and explore and do different things. Like, <laughs> um, I started out my career in technology by essentially starting a, vi- a company to make a video game. And we had some mixed success with that, made a prototype. But what we did have success in is getting hired to help people build websites because yeah, we incidentally a... had experience because we'd built one for our game company. 
And, um, and it was at a time when everybody needed a web or was starting to understand the value of needing a website. So I had been practicing in a thing that had, that was not as common for people to be comfortable with. And I was for very fortunate. And I started out with, um, this, this sort of broad base of like working on a small team, working on a video game. I had a focus on, you know, doing design and, um, and the art and some code, right? So it was wearing multiple hats starting out where a lot of jobs, you don't necessarily wear a lot of hats. If you're in a company that has a culture that's more factory-like, it's like, well, okay, you are only a database person. Right, you do the one thing. You are only a user interface person. You are, and so in my time of starting my career, I was a web person, which was kind of a squishy generic thing that let me play in a lot of spaces, that let me it was easy and for, you know, like I was able to sort of go, how can I help and what can I learn in a variety of things? Like whether it was, um, data, data transformation, building components for user interfaces, sure. building middle, middleware software so that it could talk to databases and have all sorts of logic that many computers used. And I've, um, and, and, and I've always been the sli slightly, out of my comfort zone, solving new problems. And uh, I've benefited and learned a lot from, from being in that situation. Feel very fortunate. Um, so I have always been curious of, of, well, there are new mysteries and things to learn in, in the space of like, well, software can do so much on individual computers and, uh, and then solve problems for networks of computers. And, and I'm, I've always been wondering like, where is this, let's see, where's this going and how can, um, I guess, how can we use this to solve problems better? Sure. Well, so, and I think that's, that's really kind of the crux of, of your computer literacy, like just having known you for a little while, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, is really, how can I use this tool, um, kind of past its capacity no, it's certainly past my own capacity. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, past your capacity, also maybe past some of the hardware's capacity <laughs> to solve, um, you know, either difficult or simple problems. I mean, the the, yeah. need, the difficulty of the problem is irrelevant. It's how can I use this tool to best solve the problem? But I think you also use computers, um, you know, for. Um, fun and entertainment not just the the education and and function mm -hmm. and sometimes it's a blur like yeah. currently i'm i'm starting to fall in love with a particular animation tool that i've been studying and, you are you're so funny and uh i haven't jumped all the way in but um anyway the the tool is uh creature creature is an app that lets you um turn things into horror characters <laughs> sure you could um, you could totally <gasps> Five Nights at Freddy's it up. Woot with woot. That. Yeah. <laughs> it's a fine game. Um, <laughs> and yeah, that's a joke to explain another time. But it's it's it has a lot of um, programmatic ways to um, 
to add basically motors and stuff to legs and joints instead of sure. animating by hand and even animating by hand with a smart skeleton. So like you can have a, a character that is like a, a traditional cell animated thing and you could just do a drawing for every little yep. step, every update, or you could have that made out of like kind of a doll and that it can have bones inside the doll that have certain, you know, like um, ability to work with physics. And then you could do also add motors on top of that where now it's sort of exercising these in a certain pattern. Oh, nice. Yeah. And so you can pretty efficiently animate stuff and I'm giving a rough commercial for that app and I've been poking at it going like, "Eh, it might be really nice to use this because it's one of my weaknesses as far as I develop games for the most part alone. Right. Right. Sometimes like we collaborated on the design of this Panda Needs You. Yep. There were still lots of other hats. Anyway, animation is one of my pain points. So I'll have a pain point that I think this computer could help me with this thing, but I like, I don't, I need to learn more. So then I dive in and, and that it's a, it's a mix of both ongoing, um, fun and education. That's awesome. And I think you, you inspire me in this area because, um, just even listening to you right now, you have such a passion around, um, you know, using these tools and following, making them, making these tools help you be successful in whatever you're trying to do. And so if there's a problem to be solved, you're going to find, you're going to find a way. I, and maybe like, I like to me, I, there's something in my, um, exposure to computers it was somewhere near the time where I was exposed to Dungeons and Dragons, and I literally think it's the closest I can come to be having magical powers. So that is awesome. That's I love that. I I, I think that's part of it. You is are this magic. Misunderstanding. Is that why I say to the software people at work, "Come on, just fix it. It's it's magic, right?" They love it. They, they, they love just, when I say that. They're so yes. It. I'm like, oh come on, you guys can get this done. It's you know, it's all magic anyway. <laughs> not cool it's the best nothing's easier than than like what we assume about other people's disciplines and jobs right yep um but i do i think it's cool i think it's inspiring and and i love that we're bringing that into our family and into our house um i know for me um i lean on you in your use of the tools and your um, kind of ability to stay focused on something that can be really frustrating. I think of, you know, when I'm learning a new software tool, um, even, you know, doing the, the, we've talked about it before in the podcast, but I do the vinyl, um, vinyl cutting or the mm-hmm. heat transfer cutting with the, the silhouette cutter, um, and the software that comes with that pretty straightforward, great piece of software, but it's got so many of those design tool elements that I just haven't used in such a long time. And I can remember getting very frustrated and mm having to come and sit down with you and say, okay, why can't I get this image, you know, to, to complete it, you know, to complete a a full cut line, Mm. um, you know, and we kind of had to work back and forth and, and I mean, so that represents, this is one of the things that I think computers is great at. And I just have to give a plug for, I don't want to be limited only to digital, right? I, and I don't, I don't want to propose others be limited only oh, to no. digital fluency. We're just talking about computers tonight. Um, but absolutely, it's... And, we have and plenty of podcasts where we talk totally, about other non-digital. I, I especially am enjoying the com- combination of these, the, of, of oh, like physical and digital, right? Absolutely. And, but honestly, that's kind of new in the last few years for me. And, um, and it's and very exciting, but 
worth mentioning that um anyway like the back to like what you were describing about the um the fluency and and let's see the comfort in the digital tools like you have that you have the art things and whatnot um i think there's sort of a every when when you study a lot of things using computers and software you come across a lot of gaps a lot of unsolved mysteries mm-hmm. and a lot of supposedly solved mysteries like sure. the documentation says do one two yeah. three and you do one two three and it doesn't do a damn thing that's yeah and it's so maddening but yet so familiar if if you know as you continue to work in this space i think there's that one of the skills that I have, um, I have learned to, to appreciate from that is, is, um, troubleshooting and, and, uh, analytical thinking and, um, and using creative thinking combined with analytical thinking to like make intuitive leaps and still be trying to find ways to solve problems because I'm pretty confident there's a way to solve it, even though it's being expressed in a completely broken manner that I can't (laughs) follow yet. Um, through deliberate trial and error and testing my own hypotheses and also being careful and weighing like, well, I don't really know it can solve this problem, but I'm willing to to treat that as a, a risky hypothesis and test it for a bit. And uh, But that, ex- that, that experience has led sometimes to learning how to do really, you know, cool helpful things, things that... Yeah. that, that um, having the patience and, and that uh, disciplined approach is honestly what's let me do a lot with computing that um, I so don't part think of, I, I think, wouldn't necessarily have the patience without it. So part of what one of the things that we value with computing literacy is really, um, you know, some of those life tools that it teaches around, you know, perseverance and, again, logical thinking, critical thinking, Okay, why didn't this work? Why does this seem to be? Um, it's a great tool for that. You know, not the right answer. You know, even though the steps say X, Y, Z. And where, like, somewhere the computer is probably, um, it's probably putting, expressing, placing observable evidence. How can I find that? Oh, yep. Like, where where can I get some diagnostic stuff? And that chances are it exists there are mm-hmm. logs there are you know um system um attributes that you can you can observe if you and then you just have to know that that's possible and then hunt for the tools and right. then try them out so that that's that's a form of the literacy is um the the troubleshooting and problem solving i like it that's cool i think that's a big piece of it so i i'm this is a big topic, right? I mean, so yeah. family computing literacy, I think there's, I mean, other places you can go is they are thinking about things like, well, how do you can safely connect your family to the internet? Oh, and geez. Yeah, that's a huge you, can of worms. Yeah. And diff- I think that's a different answer at different ages. Well, and, and we've even struggled. I mean, we, we, we kind of have a, a hand me down process at our house, right? Where we've oh. got computers that get handed down and, um, the devices it, themselves, where do they come from? And yeah. how do you, yeah. Um, and we, you know, we've locked down the the browser world pretty tight, but there was a game that our almost eight year old now, um, plays at school, mm-hmm. you know, on the school computers. And she's like, I really want to play this. I really want to play this. And we had a little trouble finding it and trouble, you know, locating this 
this particular game Mm -hmm. and finally found, you know, a website of it. And she played it a couple times and then it stopped working. Well, hey, guess what? Wrong website. Well, right. Because we downloaded the game onto her iPad and I was playing it with her on her iPad. And I'm like, oh, this is a different, totally different. um, So essentially some portal hosted that game that really wasn't the originator of the game. No. And they were supporting their portal with um, third-party ads. And some of those ads seemed to have something bad in them. And like her computer was, I'm trying to think of the exact symptoms that it, that it had. It was, it, as soon as I see an unasked for browser extension showing up in the browser, yeah, it's, I've considered that machine compromised and it has to go to the land of wiped. The land of cleaning. Yeah. At any rate, you know, so even with as careful as we are yeah. and as, as locked down as we had things. Um, but we could be more careful, right? And so sure. like we, like I, I, kn- I knew that, that this is a risk. And Absolutely. And I think you have to go out and experience things, right? I mean, if we have everything completely locked down, then that's not kind of going out and having the computer and yeah. experience and learning how to, you know, Nope, don't click on those things that pop up. That was a good conversation that we had. It was great. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, there was a lot of good learning that happened there. And, and even the troubleshooting in the of what's wrong, because she was frustrated because she couldn't get her game to play. And that was kind of what, you know, brought us to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she had tried a number of things. She did. And, and, that, <clears throat> and that was good. And so the thing that seemed to be hard for her was um, that she did a mysterious thing that was bad. And yeah, the, the, she's and like, wait, now what? the machine is, um, this is the, this is a risky aspect of like computer fluency and literacy is things can happen because of, well, negative stuff out on the internet. Yeah, malware right? and all that stuff. And it can feel terrible when that happens, but like, it's important to, to know that mistakes happen and that it's, a, it, that, how you deal with it once it happens is is more important than worrying about the um, feel. I don't know something like, like guilt and fear. Yeah. So it's about how how do you how do you learn from this and whatnot. And so it, that's the. There were some good lessons that day. It, it seemed like she the, like she had some really um, big and challenging feelings about it. Yeah. And and. There was a lot of, but I didn't know. And we were like, we know you didn't know. Like, totally. yep. <laughs> this isn't your fault. But how come this is, you know? And that's the thing where if a computer is this sort of alien, scary, you know, e- expensive, risky object that that somehow is, is keeping you from learning it and being familiar with it, um, I, I just would like to try to avoid having the computer be seen as that. Right. Oh, it's, I agree. it's knowable. It's knowable down to it's it, the, the molecules that make it up like to like to like how it how it turns on to how it makes animation happen. All yeah. of it. Yeah. Very cool. So I like that. Right. It's noble. Yeah. All the way down to its molecules. Right. on. I love that. Not and not saying that I know every single bit of it, but like it's um that uh it is though it really is and um that's that's another path i mean so you can learn how to build computers and all that kind of stuff and all righty 
Let's, I, I don't know. For some reason, I'm thinking that it might be time to do picks. I love that Those too. picks, those things that we do where we're like, hey, this is a great, great thing. Here's I'm just art loving thing, everything you're thing. saying tonight. <laughs> I can just sit here and listen to you all night. <laughs> great. I honestly, that's, I feel the same. So, but I don't think we want to make a podcast. You could sit here and listen, listen to yourself all night. That's the weird thing. Yes, we're on the same page. <laughs> no. All right, let's move on to picks. I've got an art pick tonight. What do okay. you got? Um, that would make me the person who has a science pick. Oh, I hope you have one. I do. Okay. Well, I'm going to go first with my art pick. Um, and I think it's funny because earlier you talked about, um, you know, computers aren't everything. You also like kind of working in the physical world as well. Mm. Um and that's funny because my art pick is is very much related to that kind of working in the physical world. And um, I went to kind of a different art pick tonight. And my art pick tonight, are, and you see them everywhere you go. I mean, hardly a store you can walk into that you don't see um, these, rec- hmm, I can say it, these relaxation coloring books. Oh, you know, there's mindfulness coloring books and relaxation coloring books. And, and it's all of these kind of very intricate patterned um, images that you, you know, can just sit in detail color. And, you know, for a while they were, you know, coloring books for adults or, you know, um, these kinds of things. But I think they're just a really, um, a great way to just kind of relax and, and, and let go and, Hmm. and let some, um, structured creativity happen. Um, you know what I mean? Cause you've got You've got all the lines there drawn for you, mm-hmm. but you, you know, can, you can color each little tiny cell in a different color, or you can color the patterns in, you know, kind of in broader swatches. Um, I recently picked up one, um, with cats for one of the kids and with mermaids for another kid. So they have mm-hmm. lots of different themes. I have a couple of them. Um, so that's part of my pick. And then the other part of my pick that goes right along with it is actually, I have a three part pick. Oh, oh, I know. I'm totally pulling um, a Rob tonight. So <laughs> it's called. I don't know if you knew that. Oh, it's one of those things where you're like, well, I picked a lot of stuff. I you picked, know. This, I picked the, a few this, things. This is a pick. All of it. This is my pick. Well, because you can't just have the book, right? That's going to do you no good. So you also have to have really fun colored pencils. Mm. And the colored pencils now, of course, are also... Um, there's just a wide variety of what you can do and what you can get in different qualities and, and types. Um, but the other thing that I recently picked up was some metallic colored pencils that they actually color with a, a bit of a metallic sheen to them. And that was, that's been really fun to have that just, you know, something a little bit, um, extra special. Um, but then if you've got the books and you've, or book and you've got some really nice colored pencils, get yourself a decent electronic pencil sharpener. Oh my gosh. That's a whole set. Like it's a whole set. It's okay, a whole thing. An elect an electronic pencil sharpener. So uh, battery operated, battery operated, plug in whatever, whatever okay. you, you know, whatever you fancy. We have um, kind of both um, in our house. We have some battery operated pencil sharpeners. Mm-hmm. We have manual ones too. Um, but we also have like a really nice kind of heavy duty industrial pencil sharpener <laughs> that thing that yeah, that mean, plugs into the wall it has like nine different settings it can even do the triangular the triangle shaped pencils mm-hmm. it can sharpen those 
um, the big fat like kids, like first learning, first pencils, the first, um, what's the brand? you remember the, I want to call it Tioga? And I know that's Oh, Tiong. Uh, oh my gosh. It's silly that I can't. Titanic. Titan. Well, I don't know. Diagon Alley? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't think of it. Anyway, those really good pencils, you know, the yeah. big, the big fat version of those. Um, that, that Ponderosa? Ponderosa pencils that schools really like. Um, we can sharpen those. We'll find it and put a link to it in the oh. in the show notes. I can't think of it either. I'm embarrassed. Oh my gosh! Um, so but that's my art pick. Is this Jersey? If you're listening to this, I know you're yelling at your podcast. So. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. So that that is a complete set. Interesting. You know, um, in a way, one could say I have things that complete a set as well, because along the lines. Well, here's a science pick, and it's it's a science-y pick because coding is something that is an expressive thing. It's communication. Code is something that you use to help computers behave in a certain way, and they're, you know, overall pretty deterministic machines, and you express things, and they do things exactly based on what you what you express, but there's also a creative aspect to it. And there's also like, yes. how do you learn it? It doesn't have to be this, this sort of um, you and a mysterious text alien thing. And also something you do. No, you've got to be in a that, DOS window. Well, I mean, so exactly. That, that's, I mean, where I, when I learned to code, it was um, using what um, was it? Uh, oh, Borland C++, I think. And I, Everyone I, just fell asleep. I know. I well, I honestly, I I, I lucked out. One, one of my great friends traded um, uh, coding lessons for guitar lessons, and you know, I, I taught him guitar. And I, I mean, I obviously got the better end of the deal in this whole thing. But like, I don't know. Like that sounds like a pretty even trade. Oh, I don't think so. Um, but he um, anyway. So like, but coding in such a severe environment is tough as your your initial exposure to it. If if that would be your your fresh exposure to it. So I've got sort of some ways to find, um, find an inroad to thinking about coding, telling a computer things you can do with some structure, with some order and flow and, um, all that comes with it. Right. And one of them is called, is a tool called, or a game called code combat. Dun, dun. Yeah. And that is at codecombat.com. It's more or less like a um, like a dungeon exploring style flavored as a role playing game, computer role playing game where like you're you have a character and they get equipment and stuff as you go and you have tasks for every dungeon. You solve those tasks by coding. Oh, no way. Yeah, it's pretty cool. That is cool. Um, Then another one. It's it's hard to to avoid. Um, We've mentioned it before. It's been a pick. On, on our podcast, but like, I don't think we've mentioned that now. Okay. Scratch, right? <gasps> oh yeah. Scratch is a very, um, let's a very, very visual, like, so code, code combat, you're going to be typing actual, um, text, text instructions to code. And you're going to be exposed to those sort of code syntax that it's not just like an English sentence or, a, um, a humanly, you know, a, a general purpose lang- human yeah. expressive language. It's it's a code style of expression. Whereas um, Scratch is a visual way to structure code. 
and it's, you're using these building blocks. And that's a, that's a fantastic way to get exposed to, um, to conditionals and loops and variables. And, and it's, it's wonderful. And callbacks and, and, and all events. Of it. It's amazing. Yeah. And so the thing is, though, Scratch on the Raspberry Pi was sort of caught back in time. It was Scratch 1.0. But in recent time, like somewhere around this summer, um, they've updated to the, 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 current, the current Scratch, which is Scratch 2.0, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's the thing. Like if you go to scratch.mit.edu on, in your web browser, you'll see Scratch 2.0. But that wouldn't have been the thing that you'd see on your Raspberry Pi. But now it is. So if you update to oh, the new wow. latest... Oh, wow. So the Raspberry r- Pi is running yep. 2.0. Exactly. Oh, awesome. Which is wonderful because there's such... That's that's like the direction of, that the community has been going and there's new examples and all sorts of good stuff. Sweet. That, yeah. So now you're not caught... Now you're not stuck behind in the cool tool. You're, you're, you have the cool tool and you're with the rest of the community now on the Raspberry Pi. Those are great picks. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. And... Um, all right. I, th- I, th- I hinted at a third, but I'm going to keep it. You're going to save it? I'm going to save it. I love that. Yep. We'll talk about code again. You think? Probably. You Who might knows? come up on the podcast? Uh, yeah. I'm pretty sure it will. I think so. All right. Well, that wraps us up for today. Thank you for listening and being part of our Art and Science Punks community. Robbie, tell the fine people where they can find us online. Well, uh, you know, we are Art and Science Punks on Instagram and on Twitter. We are not Art and Science Punks. We are Art Science Punks. Excellent. And you can find our podcast feed at artsciencepunks.fireside.fm or on Apple Podcasts and Google Play Podcasts, where we would appreciate your kind words and ratings. Thanks. And you can tweet me at Kate Stenzinger on Twitter. And I am Rob Stenzinger on Twitter. Keep building, making, and sharing. I think that I said excellent or I love that 700 times in this podcast. And you should probably edit all those out. So won't do that.